0: G-Shawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is G-Shawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8. We're presented Uh, by Progressive Insurance, and all guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. uh, We're asking on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, outside of Mahomes, which quarterback are you starting a franchise with? Uh, Jay took Kyler Murray. Key took Lamar Jackson. I took Justin Herbert. Is outside of Mahomes, none of us took Josh Allen or anyone else. One former uh, NFL uh, quarterback on another network said that he would take Mac Jones oh. if he was redoing the 2021 draft. <laughs> We're doing this already. We're already redrafting <laughs> 2021. 2021 is already ancient history. I need another <laughs> in this microwave culture of ours. <clears throat> Jeez. Well, but Mac Jones has so far been the best of the rookie quarterbacks. He's thrown a touchdown, you know, and he has a win. Um, why has this class, Key, gotten off to such a poor start when well, we got, raved about them all offseason?
1: Well, you got two poor teams, right, to start with. And the first two guys that were selected in Zach Wilson here in New York and Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. So you already know what that is. that that is. They're not... Walking into a situation where they're going to be successful and succeed this year. Then you talk about Trey Lance hasn't gotten on the field much because of Jimmy Garoppolo. But when he's gotten on the field, he's been successful. But the plan is to move him into the spot at some point in time. Same thing in Chicago with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Now, we'll probably see Justin Fields this weekend become the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. So then you move to Mac Jones. Where would you have taken Justin Fields? I would have probably taken him. I probably would have taken him if it was me. I could have gone. I could have gone anywhere. Any of the any of spots. You could have taken him first. I could have taken him first, second,
0: uh what was Trey Lance? Third. Third.
1: Third anywhere. Any other it could have been What's a, interesting. top five quarterback. What's regardless. interesting
0: is of the mobile guys, because Mac Jones wasn't mobile. Justin Fields came out with Trevor Lawrence to, out of high school as one and one A, and he wound up going fourth.
1: Yeah, but that, that that's all whatever. I mean, they everybody got their own reasonings for why I mean, they select, quarterback yeah. the, why they select, select who they select when they select them. But he would be where he is, top four or five quarterback, depending on what we wanted to do in our system, things of that nature. There is not a this this whole notion that Trevor Lawrence is over here and everybody else is over there. They they've been selling that since Trevor Lawrence was a freshman in the National Championship game. So the momentum carried him, along with his play, to being selected as the number one overall pick because the Jacksonville Jaguars
0: and Urban Meyer mm-hmm. was already convinced. But I also think it's it, they like to play it safe. So th- he checks every box. He's real tall. He's fast. He's they athletic. Are, though, he has an except arm. Except Zach he, Wilson. But no, he's, he's tall. He's got to be – Trevor Lawrence yeah, but, they're all, 6'6". but they're
1: all tall, though. They all check 6'2". They're tall the enough, 6'2". you're saying. Yeah, they all check the 6'2 plus box, <laughs> except – Zach Wilson, when you get to Mac Jones, he is in a position to succeed because of the surrounding circumstances that he's in. He's in a veteran team with a veteran head coach, a veteran offensive coordinator, veteran wide receivers now, okay, a defense that's intact, and with a coach that knows what the hell he's doing Mm. that's not going to put him in harm's way. If Trevor Lawrence was to fall to the New England Patriots, the same, he he would be doing the same exact thing for New England. Maybe a little more. No, same exact. Maybe a little more. He the same. No, he'd be doing the same thing. He'd you be can't be do more same, with Trevor Lawrence than with Matt Jones. They'll be doing the same thing because the philosophy is to wrap our arms around our young quarterback and protect him. Mm-hmm. If Zach Wilson was in New England, they'd wrap their arms around and protect him. If Justin Fields was in New England, wrap their arms around and protect him. him. Trey Lance, well, wrap their arms around and protect yeah. him. That's all.
2: I think the thing... People have to press pause on believing all the hype. And I'm not saying major portions of it aren't warranted key because you received a lot of hype coming out of school. But, like, especially for quarterbacks, like, just press pause and all the stories that get built up before the draft, all the crazy things, this guy's going to be a savior to your organization. Not many people can come into situations like Jacksonville or Chicago and just be the guy right away and just save everybody.
0: Like, that's unrealistic. Well, it like, sounds like the paradigm is you're flipping upside down, Key. And as Jay said, you're not saying the quarterback is the savior for the franchise, but the franchise is the savior for the quarterback in a way, right? Like, the franchise can make the quarterback. Most guys, some guys, like Mahomes is going to be great wherever he goes, Aaron Rodgers, wherever he goes. Most guys... But, I, but, but, but all, does, in does, all honesty, I don't though, know about that. I don't know that. I, know I do that. not know that well, to I'm not be saying, true. Okay, I'm not saying they wouldn't be better in better situations. I'm saying, to me, it's pretty obvious... At a certain talent level, you're going to be productive. Even in a bad situation, you're going to elevate people around. But, Max, let me
1: tell you something, though, man. Tim Couch was good. He was in Cleveland. Yeah. He was a good quarterback. What do you want, Aaron
0: Rodgers? Max.
1: When he came out, there was no Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So he was what everything else before him was. This is every single year. I don't give a damn if it's Blake Bortles or Blaine Gabbert or any of these dudes that are taken in the first round. They're gonna always say, "Oh, this guy's a, and he's like this, and he can't miss prospect." But then three or four years later, when they don't have any success, all those same people they go hide in the closet, and you don't hear them say anything. Max,
2: Max, let me say something real yeah, quick. Yeah. My rookie year, you know about the triangle, right? So I averaged nine points my rookie year. People are like, "Oh, you were a bust. You didn't do your thing." The ball was never in my damn hands, right? And the the games where we just ran spread and pick and rolls, I was twenty three points per game. Imagine if you just ran that every single game, right? You'd have twenty three points system, the season. Coaching and system has a lot to do with the player's success rate. So I would I have probably
1: averaged so average 14. You would have got a, a lot, lot of and
2: rebounds. And yeah. Well, no pick and rolls. No pick so, and rolls so okay.
0: So I would say there are, some, there are outliers. The vast majority fall in the middle or are, are situation dependent. There are some outliers who are going to be terrible almost no matter what or great almost no matter what. But vast majority fall somewhere in the middle, in the spectrum in the middle. But, Key, it seems like you are saying – it is the, the, the franchise that's the savior of the quarterback and Absolutely. not vice versa. So, how do those franchises wind up in such bad situations that they're drafting so high up in the first place? Because
1: they're bad franchises. <laughs> turnover rate,
0: turnover rate. They can't keep stability and sustain
1: anything because the coaching, I mean, because the, the owners and the general managers either get impatient or they don't know what the hell they're doing. And they need to stay out of the damn So the
0: franchises that are saviors for the quarterbacks are the ones, even if they're drafting up high, there's a reason for it. Their quarterback just retired or got a little older or something like that.
1: Yeah. Okay, so let me think of, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, just bad franchises that can't seem to just get it right at that position. Well, who would that be? Uh, Well, the Jets. Jets. Okay, so let's say the Jets, right? But they did get it right. They got it right when they got Mark Sanchez. The problem is they never helped him evolve. So then when they stay stale with Rex and him and just playing defense and trying to do the same thing, when they took the keys, off, or handcuffs off of him, he wasn't ready. They never really had, in my opinion, competent offensive coordinators because Rex is a defensive-minded coach. All he cares about is the defense. Ah, I don't care about the offense. I care about the defense. And so what happens is you they wind up, not paying attention to really what the offense is doing because they believe my defense, no matter what, is going to carry. As this opposed
0: team. to, we mentioned Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, early in their careers, they were capable of doing certain things. And they were the defense carried the team, and as they evolved, the team expanded. If Russell
1: right? Wilson didn't get drafted by the Seattle Seahawks and went to the New Orleans, so that wouldn't be a good Say example. Detroit. To, to yeah, Detroit. A good one, yeah. yeah, if he would have went to Detroit, Russell Wilson would be back in Wisconsin somewhere coaching right now because they're never going to set him up for the success that Pete Carroll and that defense set him up for until they could take the training wheels off. And then once they decided to take the training wheels off, he came a little bit better at this, a little bit better at that. Then he got now, all of a sudden, six years in, it's like this thing is completely slowed down. I'm good to go. Early Tom Brady, same thing in New England that they're doing with Mac Jones. There's no, there's zero difference, except that defense was better than this defense. And so Tom Brady did just enough to win those couple Super Bowls. And then eventually, as he got into his fifth and sixth year, they slowly started handing him the keys to the car. And then he became
0: Tom Brady. Let's bring in Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon into this conversation, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. Mr. Warren Moon, always a pleasure to talk to you. Who has been the best rookie quarterback through two weeks in your mind?
3: I'd have to say Mac Jones right now. First of all, he's he's one of the healthiest ones, and – he hasn't been knocked around a lot like Zach Wilson has, like uh, Trevor Lawrence has, and um, Trey Lance just hasn't played played much. Um, Justin Fields got a chance to play a little bit last week, and and you saw you know where he is, he's still a rookie and he's probably not ready to start yet. So I'd have to say Mac Jones right now.
1: When you look at rookie quarterbacks, um, Warren, what sets them up for success? Is it the circumstances that they're surrounded with? Or is it just their pure ability?
3: Well, it's a little bit of both, but I think it's more of the circumstances that surround them. I think all those guys are talented. There's no question about it. They wouldn't have gotten drafted that high. Uh, You look at Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, and and Zach Wilson, but they went to bad football teams. And when you go to a bad football team, uh, you're not going to have a whole lot of success right away because you can't overcome all the things that you don't have. And the, and the teams or the quarterbacks that go to teams that have uh, more of a uh, supporting cast around and more of an infrastructure like Mac Jones has in New England, I think you're going to see them have more success because everything isn't put on his shoulders. Um, you know, he's got a really good defense over there, one of, the, one of the better ones in the league, probably a top ten defense on that side of the football Uh, he's got a really good running game and a really good offensive line to help protect him and then he's got a infrastructure of of a coaching staff that has a tremendous amount of experience that knows the game inside out so he's got that to start off with so now all he has to do is go in there and, and do his job and not have to worry about carrying the football team where Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence those guys are gonna have to throw the ball every week you know 25 I mean 35 40 times a game just to stay in contention or they're going to be behind a lot and they're going to just take more punishment because they're going to be behind in a lot of football games. So uh, Mac's in a better situation. Trey Lance is in a better position. And so is uh, Justin Fields because, you know, Chicago has a – they have a pretty good football team, not as good as New England, I think, right now. But they can play defense. Uh, They can run the ball at times, but their offensive line isn't very good right now.
1: Hall of Famer Warren Moon joining us this morning on Keyshawn. Jay Will and Max. Did the New York are the New York Jets doing Zach Wilson a disservice by not having a veteran quarterback presence in the room with him to teach him to to teach him how to be a pro. You know, to to be to be a real pro opposed to on the job learning.
3: Yeah, I think it would help him to have a veteran in, in the room because uh he is, like I said, ultra talented. Uh, he probably is smart enough and knows the offense. But, again, there's the little things like, you know, last week you saw him throwing the ball up for grabs and, and things like that. I think a veteran could teach him those types of things. Uh, he could be his eyes and ears on the sideline, be able to talk to him when he comes off the field, be a, a settling influence for him. So, yeah, I think it would help him a lot if if he if he did have a veteran influence around there. Um, but that's the decision that they've made, and, and they're going to have to go with it right now. It's still not too late. You could always bring in a veteran, but um, – then he'd have to he'd have, to have the, the learning curve, too. He'd have to learn the offense and all the different things that go along with, with being able to give him the right advice, and, and he can't really do that until he knows the offense.
2: Warren, I get that ha- actually having weapons offensively is a major thing, but besides the weapons of a Robbie Anderson or a Christian McCaffrey, what have you seen from Sam Darnold thus far with the Panthers that has really kind of built into his success that he's had thus far?
3: He just seems to be more grounded and more confident. Um, when he was with the Jets, he just seemed jittery to me. Every time I saw him play, his feet were moving. Uh, he had those happy feet that, that uh, you know a lot of young quarterbacks and just a lot of quarterbacks in general that aren't comfortable have. I don't see that uh, in, in Carolina. I see a guy that's really confident in what he's doing. I think Joe Brady, their offensive play caller, does a great job of, of calling plays that he does well um, within that offense. Uh, they're getting him on the move and outside the pocket. And then, of course, he's got you know better weapons than he had in New York. So that, that makes his job a little bit easier. All he has to do now is be a distributor. He doesn't have to worry about making all these great throws or trying to avoid rush because he's not getting the protection that he needs, that type of thing.
2: All right, the play a game with this. The, the league has expanded, and you are the owner of a new franchise in the NFL. And you get a chance to start your your own team, with a quarterback, with anybody in the league, factor in age, factor in arm throwing strength, factor in whatever you want. The one person you can't pick from the starting quarterback position is Patrick Mahomes. Who are you taking to start your franchise and why?
3: Well, I can't pick Pat Mahomes, huh?
2: Yep, can't pick Patrick Mahomes.
3: Well, I'm probably going to go with Josh Allen. Mm. Uh, just you know, a, a lot of people would probably say you know Tom Brady because he's still playing at a very high high rate. You, you look at at Aaron Rodgers as well, but. At some point in the next year or two, one of these guys are, are going to be you know, going out of the league. So you don't want to not have one of these guys after two or three years. So I'm going to go with the younger guy who has the upside. and I think Josh Allen, his upside has been really good. The last two years, he's really improved a lot. He was an MVP candidate last year. I think he was second in the voting. And I think he's only going to continue to keep getting better. So I, I'd have to go with Josh Allen right now.
0: Not, not Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson?
3: They're all great ones. I mean, I could go Dak Prescott, I could go uh Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of guys that that um uh, that I would go with, but I think uh Josh Allen because um he's a big strong guy. I think he 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 has all the elements that you need. Um uh, Deshaun Watson if he was in a, in a better situation right now, I think he would be the guy that I would probably go with because uh he had a tremendous year last year, and he's had a tremendous career so far, but we just don't know. It's so uncertain about his career right now. So I'm going with a guy that's playing well right now, that's um, that, that's had a good year, had a last couple of good years, and I think I'm going to go with Josh Allen right now. Talking
0: to Hall of Famer Warren Moon on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Warren, let me apologize in advance because every time I talk to you on the radio, I bring up at least one of two topics – Tom Brady, because you were before Tom Brady, the greatest old quarterback ever, right? And I, <laughs> and I bring up uh, race in the NFL because you experienced that in such a way where you should switch positions and you're forced not to play in the NFL to begin your career, still wind up in the Hall of Fame. It's crazy. I, I, the reason I bring it up now is because of Lamar Jackson. What he just did, he won a playoff game finally last year. He's been an MVP. He just came from behind to beat Patrick Mahomes and he was the best player on the field. And I've mentioned that he's an easy guy to root for because of the stereotyping historically of black quarterbacks, because of the way he plays and now the success he's having and the evolution he's having. Do you have any kind of special thoughts about Lamar Jackson along those lines?
3: Well, I think he's a very very special athlete and he's and he's done some great things early in his career. He's only 24 years old. I hope he continues to keep uh improving as a passer because at some point uh his speed and agility is, is going to start to diminish. It just happens. It's human, human nature. And he's going to have to rely a little bit more on his arm than he does right now. So, he can get away with this right now um because he is young, uh he's healthy, And I still worry about him getting hurt because he carries the football so much. He carries the ball probably inside the tackles more than most running backs do. So that really concerns me, the wear and tear on his body. You look at Cam Newton, how big and strong a guy he is. He was that same type of player early in his career. Uh, but you see where he is right now from the punishment that he's taken, uh, you know, for that f- first six, five, six, seven years of his career. So that's what worries me about Lamar Jackson: the the amount of times that he carries the football, uh, he's going to have to start relying on his arm a little bit more for longevity. And otherwise, he's off to a great start. He's a, a probably the most exciting, most electric player in the league right now. But I do worry about his durability going forward.
1: Warren, having watched you play as long as I did in the NFL. Um, Which quarterback reminds you of yourself?
3: I'd have to say uh, Dak Prescott. I was going to say um, that.
1: I was, that's, I was, yeah,
3: he, He's a guy that, you know, my, my arm might be a little bit better than his right now, but he, his arm has really improved since he's been in the league. Uh, he's a mobile guy, but he's not ultra mobile. And I was the same way. I could move if I needed to, but uh, I wasn't going to, you know, dazzle you with my with my athleticism but um i think we're both really good leaders uh, so yeah there was a lot of uh, similarities between uh, you know our games and, and the way we play the game so i think dak prescott would be the guy i'd guess um, I do know. I'd be about compared to right now
1: i guess i do know something about quarterbacks because i was that's, that's, that's exactly what i was that's why i asked you the question because i was going to say he what i saw i just saw a highlight or two and i happened to look and i said man he reminds me of Warren moon <laughs> Warren, we,
2: Warren, we got about a minute left, but I did want to ask you, you know, we you mentioned Tom Brady, him playing at the age of 44. What have you made to the start of the season thus far for him?
3: Well, you got to understand this guy is playing with probably four all pro receivers right now, you know. Antonio Brown was probably one of the best receivers in this league arguably about 2 years ago. Robert Gronkowski is going to go down as one of the top 5, if not probably top 3 tight ends of all time. Um, you know, Chris Godwin is an all-pro receiver and, and so is uh, is is Mike Evans. They're all they're all guys that have been to the Pro Bowl. So he's playing with a ton of talent first of all. And then what Tom does, you know, as far as taking care of himself and keeping his body um, you know, flexible and, and keeping his arm in, in good good uh, condition. I think his arm is probably stronger now than it was when he was, you know, 20 years old, 25 years old. So uh, all that combined with the great offensive line play and then his then his intellect and, and his smarts, I mean, the guy can play as probably as long as he wants to, as long as he stays away from any major injuries. So uh, I see him having another outstanding season unless he starts losing a lot of players or maybe losing offensive linemen that won't be able to protect him. But uh, he's on he's his own right now.
0: The great Warren Moon, one of the all-time greats. Warren, always a pleasure to talk to you, as I mentioned, and hope to talk to you again real soon. All right, Warren.
3: All right, guys. Great right, talking well, to you. Take care, take care of yourselves.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Um, by the way, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. I don't know if you knew about this, uh, Key and J. Easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto and more all your protection in one place bundle and save at progressive.com so of course listen War, anytime I speak to Warren Moon the two issues I bring up are age and race like it's like unavoidable it's one of the issues in the league and um and so like today was no different um but speaking of Tom Brady we head to New England next to find out how Mac Jones is working off the Brady blueprint in his rookie season
4: have you ridden an electric e-bike yet Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience
1: to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by.
0: Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, including Mike Reese, who is live at Gillette Stadium and really? joins us now. Good morning, Mike. Max, Key, Jay, hey. I'm here. At Keyshawn's doing?
4: spot here, Gillette yes. Stadium.
1: Well, I love it, Mike. I love it. It's perfect, except I'm waiting for you to be there in December, so I can get the backdrop correct with the snow. That's the only issue there.
3: <laughs> Key, where's
1: your? I'll buddy? be here with my winter coat, Key. No, I. Yeah, I know you will. You are, you are a very hardworking <laughs> individual. So, what's the latest in? What's the latest in the greatest? in New England Patriot land that Mac Jones has now finally gotten that W. So I guess it would be the monkey off his back.
4: Well, Key, let me start by saying, first off, congratulations uh, on the book coming out today. I'm looking forward to reading it, so I'm excited about that. So congrats to you on that. Thank you. Um, You know, here here in New England, here's the story. I mean, Mac's got the first win, but you know what the, the big topic of discussion is, Key, is why aren't the Patriots throwing the ball more down the field? Uh, Mac Jones, 29th of 33 qualified passers in terms of average air yards per attempt. So it's almost like one of those things, Key, you get the win, but we're sort of looking for the next thing. And are they holding things back? with Mac, A lot of screen passes, a lot of short passes, and I think what we're seeing is he's sort of learning on the job, and they're sort of going conservatively with him. Uh, and in this last game, it's like almost like before you can learn to win, you have to learn how not to lose, mm. which I think we saw. That's the way sort of Zach Wilson, the Jets quarterback, played with the four interceptions.
1: So how far am I off when I look back at the early stages of Tom Brady's New England career, the first couple years, those Super Bowls. It's very, you mentioned, the the smoke and mirrors is what I like to call it. Uh, When you protect the quarterback, you throw a double pass, and he throws it to the tight end for a gain of 15 yards. So it becomes almost deceiving to the defense some of the things that they did early in Tom's career before he
4: became the gold jacket Tom Brady. Key, I think you're right on the money with the thought. You know, you think back to that 2001 Patriots team. That was really a team that was led by its defense. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Ty Law, the cornerback. You know, other guys, Mike Vrabel, uh, Teddy Bruschi, Roman Pfeiffer, the linebacker. I mean, I could go on and on. Willie McGinnis. That was a team sort of that was led by the defense, the offense and special teams Complemented what they were doing. And I think one of the things the Patriots really like about Mac is he's not trying to do too much. He's playing within the structure of the offense and he's allowing the offense to complement a defense that they think is going to be pretty good and special teams units, which they feel like are going to be pretty good as well.
0: Mike, um, one of the things I'm going to be talking about on this Justin Key, I don't know if you heard about it, great new show at 2 p.m. on ESPN, uh, today is the Pats game with the Saints. Because to me, that's a big test game for Belichick in the post-Brady era, right? A one-point loss to the Dolphins, followed by a win against a rookie quarterback. Now you got a team that hasn't had a home game, was dealing with COVID in the coaching staff. That's just the type of game that the Pats over the last 20 years make sure to win come hell or high water, right? But now they got the rookie quarterback themselves. Do they win? You know, like that's a big game, isn't it? Huge
4: game, Max. And I agree with you. It is a great show at 2 o'clock on ESPN that you have there. Um, Here's another thing I would add on to that, Max. Why is it even more so a big game? All the things you mentioned. And how about this? The week after? Tom Brady's coming to town with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think you want to be one and two as you enter that game. So I think that adds to your thought as to why this is a sneaky big game
0: for the Patriots. Right out of my notes on this just, okay, this just in the agenda today. Took it right off the notes. Excellent, Mike. Uh,
2: Mike, I'm curious. If you were redoing the draft, we have people saying that, you know, some people said they would take Mac Jones first in the draft. Where, where do you think if we are redoing the draft today, understanding the way Mac Jones has played,
4: where do you think he ends up? What spot? You know what, Jay? I, I think it would still be the Patriots. And I actually think this is such a fascinating topic to me because it ties to Brady back in, when he came out in 2000. I just think it's a perfect match between Mac and the Patriots' offensive system. I'm not sure if Mac goes to, let's say, the Jets at number two, that we would see the same Mac that we've seen the last two weeks. The way the Patriots play on offense where you know, it's setting protection at the, you know, at the line of scrimmage, it's empty formations, it puts a lot on the quarterback from a processing and mental standpoint. I just think Mac is just so perfectly suited for this offense. And I, I'm not sure he would be a perfect fit for other offenses that don't do the same thing. So 15 where the Patriots were sitting, I, I truly believe this, Jay. If we were to do it again, I think he'd probably be the same spot, the same crazy. pick yeah. if we had a redraft.
1: Mike, we've sat at home, you've covered, you've covered Tom Brady for however many, 20 years or whatever it was when he was in New England. But we sit at home, you, me, everybody else, and we see the same story, the same movie. Oh, well, damn. Okay, they just left him a minute left on the clock. Oh, here he's going to. Let me know when they kick the field goal or score the touchdown because I'm going outside to have a cigarette right now. And when you look at him right now and at 44 years old, doing the sort of stuff that he's doing, could it? be that he really is the favorite
4: as the MVP right now? Oh, Keith, how, how could he not be? I mean, and I look at him and, and I watched, you know, the first two games and I said to myself, if you told me he was 24 or even 34, I would say, yeah, that looks like he might even be better than he was at those ages. And I think that's what, to me, is so remarkable about him is, is he just keeps fighting back father time. I do think the rules help him a little bit in terms of how they protect the quarterbacks. But that being said, that's not to at all diminish. You know, the, I know how much work he puts in from having you know been around him for two decades here in New England. Key To me, that's a top choice right now for MVP. Let me ask
1: you this, though, Mike, before I let you go. Did, did the New England Patriots, and, 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 and did New England... Misjudge where Brady was at in his career at that moment that they made some decisions to
4: part ways. I think you could make the case they did, Key. Um, At the same time, just being around here, I I do believe there was a thought that it had just run its course, that it was more about 20 years together is a long time, and maybe a fresh start is good for both sides. And I I think it was more that that, than misjudging where he was physically, mentally, or where the end of the road was for him. That's the sense I get when I talk to people around that situation. Just the idea that, hey, we've taken this as far as we can take it. It's time for a fresh
0: start. Mm. Mike, Damn. great stuff. We're going to talk to you next week ahead of the aforementioned Bucks patriots game with Brady returning to New England. Thanks, Mike.
4: Thanks, Mike. All right, Mikey.
0: Thanks, guys.
5: to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
0: The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Ben Simmons won't report to training camp, per Adrian Wojnarowski. Simmons will not report to the opening of training camp next week Intends to never play another game for the franchise, for the Sixers. Sources tell Woj. Simmons has not spoken to the team since a late august meeting when he communicated this message to sixers officials he's pressing on with his stance despite being aware of the possibility of being fined and or suspended keith pompey has been all over this for the philadelphia inquirer and he had this to say on canty and golick jr i think they're going to acquiesce to his trade demands and make something happen i mean because when you look at it right now chris it is one of those things where the 76ers you know, Joel Embiid is in this prime. The 76ers don't want to rebuild. They want to win. And you look at the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, all of those three teams are going to be locked and loaded and ready to go, so to speak. The longer the Sixers wait to trade Ben Simmons, they're going to fall further and further behind those other teams. Also, it's going to be a circus. Like, you know, everyone's going to, where's Ben? Where's Ben? And I don't think the 76ers want to deal with that. So for, for, for them, the best thing would be is to acquiesce and get rid of them early on in the process.
2: I mean, it's a legitimate point. Uh, I, I guess the, the main question is, what do you get as it relates to return value for Ben Simmons? Look, if I'm the 76ers, I still sit on this for a while. I mean, you have to get an all-star caliber player in return. And he brings up a valid point. You know, There's not an elongated prime for Joel Embiid. We've seen Joel Embiid get hurt a ton. Joel Embiid is their best player. I understand that. But who are you surrounding Joel Embiid with when you see teams like Miami make moves, when you see what Brooklyn has been able to do? Um, A lot of teams have gotten better, and you don't feel like this team with the 76ers, considering what Ben adds to this team, he's averaging a half court. But I also think you need him at the dunk spot. You can't play him at the dunk spot because that's the same territory that Joel Embiid kind of you know, monitors, he owns. So the question is, is there a guy like John Wall? Could a John Wall trade be done with Houston and picks? Is that something that they would be open for? Because I think John Jay, Wall you, would be the one kind of interesting piece for the 76ers that can open up the floor
0: and allow Joel Embiid to run. You mentioned getting an all-star player back. Ben Simmons, if he's 6'10". There's never been a guy at that height with better handles. He's an all-world defender. He's an amazing passer, created more open looks for three since he entered the league than anyone in the league. The only thing he can't do is shoot, but he can't shoot at all. The history of the NBA, Jay, Key, is whoever gets the best player in the deal wins the trade. I wonder why the Sixers aren't trying to expand this deal to include other assets so they turn Simmons into a better player instead of just assuming they're going to do a player-for-player swap where they at least get a C.J. McC- someone who can shoot or some maybe all-star caliber player who Simmons is actually better than. Why not try to turn Simmons plus stuff into the best player in the deal?
2: Well, look, I'm never
0: going to minimize
2: the, the genius of Daryl Morey. I mean, you're talking about one of, one of the best GMs there is in the game of basketball with his ability to crunch the numbers and make deals happen. I'm sure he has in some form or fashion looked at multiple team trade options. What happens is though, right now we talked about this in the first hour though, Max and key is that the trade value for Ben Simmons goes down a little bit because people are seeing him as disgruntled, right? He doesn't want to be there. So if I'm an opposing team, yeah, there might be some pieces I might be willing to give you for Ben Simmons, but you're not about to get an all-star level caliber piece in return. I'm going to try to sing you little crumbs there, Key, to see, well, he doesn't want to be there anyway. How long are you going to sit on that? You're going to have to release him sooner or later and get something in return. But is it going to be what you want in return? Chances are, if I'm another GM, I'm not
1: giving you that. Well, what they wanted in return went out the window, for the most part, a year ago. Because the the rumblings, as the season wore on, was the unhappiness of Ben Simmons. And you could kind of sense and smell. Then when all of a sudden, it went completely left on him in the playoffs, and then at the end, it was a wrap. So the value was gone there. What they've got to do is they've got to just figure out and swallow the medicine, get what they could get for him, move him in a, put him in a position where he could be, or be successful. And my thought process is, is out West somewhere. I don't know where the somewhere is, but it's out West somewhere. And he has a magical agent that has a, a very powerful uh, palette in the NBA to move and groove and rich Paul Of all the domino pieces that he can lay down to wait for the first domino to fall. It could be a potential Golden State situation. It could be a Portland situation. It could even be, as crazy as it may sound, a Sacramento Kings situation. And I just feel like Timberwolves. Excuse me? T-Wolves? T-Wolves are in that conversation. It's in the conversation, but he doesn't want to play for the Timberwolves.
2: He doesn't want to play for for anybody. But anyone other than the
0: Sixers, he's going to have to accept. You would think he has four years know, left know, on his know, deal. Knowing that that crew
1: that helps put this thing, Rich Paul and those yeah, guys, they don't, it, to yeah. they don't want him going to Minnesota. You would, you they don't want him going to Minnesota. They want him to be happy. And they want the best for their clients to put them in the right situation. Because the money's the money. We're not chasing. This isn't a money contract deal.
0: He got the money. Now it's about putting him in the right situation to be successful. Jay, when you think of the high-powered offenses out West, Mm -hmm. Simmons is an answer to a lot of that because he's a great, versatile defender. And even though he can't shoot, he can facilitate your offense. So you would think it would be out. Like if I was a Western Conference team and I'm looking at the at these different the, 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 the Warriors and different teams like that, I'm thinking Simmons can really help me.
2: I'll tell you the one question. If you're Portland, you're asking yourself is what is our ceiling with C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard? What's our ceiling? We got to the Western Conference Finals, you know, multiple years ago. That's the ceiling. That, that, that's the <laughs> yeah. ceiling, right? And it's obviously they've now. had a lot of injuries, plagued like Nurkic and a lot of Zach Collins, a lot of their bigs. Like That could be the one piece if – If you're the 76ers, do you like a guy like C.J. McCollum and some draft picks, maybe Anthony Simmons, stuff like that in order to get a guy like Ben Simmons to shake it up with Dame considering you're trying to hold on to Dame? It's right? tough
0: for the for, for the I, I... Sixers because when you look at the at the Nets, you would think, well, there's no answer for KD. But the best you can do is a Ben Simmons defensively. You can't do better, and they're gonna lose that. That's gotta kill them. We're gonna ask which QB you're starting your franchise with outside of Mahomes, Keyshawn J Will and Max, ESPN Radio Series XM. Channel it. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio